Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. So would you say that that's kind of like the lightning bolt moment for you? And that's what I taught myself how to draw, was actually the Little Mermaid, drawing stills of Ariel. I've got better things to do tonight than die. jumped out of his chair and said, who the F is this? I remember walking out of the theater and saying, I'm going to write Halloween I'm rather impressed with your research. Rarely do people ask me about children in the corner. It doesn't have to be perfect, just do it. You know, throw some spaghetti against the wall. This is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. This is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. Almost 150 episodes, still not stopping anytime soon. We have so much to talk about, so much to do here. And if you are in the St. Louis area, please meet me over at Fan Expo STL this weekend, actually, the weekend of the 13th, 14th, and 15th. I will be there to moderate discussions. I will be there to give my own presentations. You will also see me on the podcasting stage. I told them to put me to work and they are definitely putting me to work. It's going to be a really fun weekend. I really hope you guys make it. This month, as I said last week, this is all about writers. And I can't think of a better person to be here to talk about a memoir than uh, than a dear friend of mine that I've known now for over 10 years. E.C. Stilson was a, has already been a guest on Excelsior Journeys back when the show started, back in 2018. She was one of the people that I knew had some amazing stories to tell, and sure enough, she did, and her episode is still getting downloads today. So I am so thrilled to have her back here, not only as not only as a writer, not only as a champion of writer, but also as a friend, because EC is going through some some really am- amazingly raw, powerful, intense, and honest stories that are developing as she as she goes right now, and she even was able to put them all into a memoir, which is already out now. It is called Two More Years. I am so excited to have my dear friend, E.C. Stilson, back on the show. Elisa, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm so grateful to be here and so amazed with how how well you've done with your show. You just do a wonderful job. So thank you for having me back. And thank you. Thank you so much for coming back. Considering what the main topic is of two more years, I felt it was not my place to really say what it is that you're currently dealing with. Why don't you fill the audience in? Yeah. So basically in 2020, I was diagnosed with stage four melanoma and the doctor came in. I was hospitalized for a month. A doctor came in and said that they gave me two more years to live. And so that's why the memoir has that name. And so I've still been fighting. I continue mm-hmm. to fight, but yeah, it's kind of just the story of going through that and the miracles that have happened to kind of keep me strong along the way. And even though this is an audio podcast, I got to say you look terrific. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> and so I am, I am always just thrilled to hear and read all the different stories that you have. You've been so wonderful openly sharing them on social media, all the different people that you've encountered through all of this. It's been just, it's been just a real, like it's been an amazing read and just as a friend and everything, it's like, 
you never want anyone to kind of go through this, but like the way you're going through it is, is really remarkable. Oh, thank you. I've been really fortunate just to go through this. You kind of find a, a strength inside of yourself that you never knew you had. And I still have moments. They told me last week that I might have to get another back surgery again. And that was pretty hard to hear. But then you just kind of think, okay, why am I doing this? What's my reason? And what kind of person do I want to be? Not tomorrow, but right now. And I have mm -hmm. to be strong to make it through for my family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, but you, you definitely are. And your family is doing an amazing job as well. Seeing like, seeing how everyone has been stepping up, seeing how Mike has been just a rock for you. Like, I mean, it's yeah. been, it's been really remarkable. Everything that the kids have been doing, it's, it's so, it's so, it's so amazing just seeing how everyone is rallying for you. Yeah, I, it, it has been, I mean, I, I can't believe my, my son is 13 years old yeah. and he came up to me the other day and was saying how hard it is dealing with this and how last year was the hardest year of his life. And mm -hmm. honestly, I never would have known. And, and I feel bad because he was trying to be so strong for me to make sure that if these are our last moments, that they're good. Yeah. And just to see that kind of strength, in a 13 year old kid, I feel mm -hmm. like some of the things we've gone through, my, yeah. my oldest daughters are 20 and 17 mm -hmm. and we were going through some very hard things through the teen years. And this kind of catapulted them through that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, now, know? now your oldest one, she's a tattoo artist, right? Yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, Ruby, right? That's, she is. She yeah. actually just tattooed her grandma who is <laughs> Years old. <laughs> oh, that's great. How how was how was that reaction? How did how did grandma take it? Well, she was amazing. And then yeah. all these other young people were in the tattoo shop and they were saying, Oh, does it hurt so bad? And she said, No, I can hardly feel it. And they were saying, Wow, you are our hero. How do you not feel this? <laughs> okay, everybody. now now, if, if grandma can do it, then you're know, like, I, I could definitely get one because I still have yet to get a tattoo. So, you know, and here. <laughs> yeah, you've never gotten one. I could have no. sworn you have. No. Wow. I have tattoos from radiation. Oh, well, there's, there's that. But you know. <laughs> like the constellations. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But other than that, I, I don't. And Ruby has really wanted me to get a tattoo on my scars, but now I'm really glad I didn't because I have to get the surgery again. And I thought, right. oh, really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So with, so first of all, like, I'm curious to know, like how the diagnosis came out as late in the game as it did. Like, were there, was there some, usually like it's stage two or something, but to have caught it at stage four, like that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, so melanoma normally kind of is in the organs and they see it in the skin and stuff like that initially. And so, and the lymph nodes. And so I had melanoma in my arm in um, 2018 oh, and wow. it started with a mole and they said it's stage two. They had to go really deep and actually just um, remove some of the muscle. And it was actually down to the bone. But they took a lymph node and didn't think that it had gone anywhere else. And so then you fast forward two years 
and it was June of 2020. I was having some really intense leg pain and my, my right thigh, actually, some of the muscles started atrophying and I kept going to the doctor saying something's not right. And -hmm. they said, this is normal back pain, sent me to a chiropractor. And they were saying that it was like sciatic uh, nerve pain that was just going my back down my right leg. And that I needed to do physical therapy. Well, finally, it got to the point where they had to take some imaging. And my third, my L3, the whole vertebrae was so mm-hmm. big because it had turned into a massive tumor that it was like you could see my spinal cord. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. there's this big ball. And oh. so I ended up getting hospitalized at the University of Utah. And, yeah. and here I'm from Idaho. So they Mm -hmm. hospitalized me there, did this massive surgery, removed my L3 and put a cage in and cadaver bone, hoping that the bone would grow. Yeah. And then they fused my L1 through L5 together. But it was at that point that they did some really extensive imaging and found out that the cancer had spread. I had tumors in every single one of my vertebrae and two tumors in my brain, growths in my lungs. And yeah, it's just crazy. And oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. But life is, is so hard. And I, I've had people ask if I've gotten upset at the doctors or anything, but this is just kind of a really weird form of melanoma. And the doctors had said that smaller towns, they're trained to look for, if they hear a clip clop, they look for a horse. But what I have is actually a zebra. And really, you know, yeah, they said sometimes the, the bigger hospitals are the ones that catch it because my doctor's only seen this twice in his entire career. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so once, so all of a sudden you're being diagnosed with stage four and I would think like something like that would really kind of turn anyone's life upside down. Yeah. Yeah. And it was still, the, the pandemic was still just crazy at that point mm-hmm. too. So the whole time I was hospitalized, I could only have one visitor and it mm-hmm. was for one to two hours a day. That was it. And so just all of that was just, so here you think you're going to die and then you mm-hmm. can hardly see your family. And it oh. was kind of a crazy, that whole month was, was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. But like, so, but one of the things that really captured me with this and just basically like your strength, your grace, like through all of this, that's actually like kind of given me like, just like, just if, if, if she's going to stay strong, you better not like, you better not break down, dude. (laughs) When, when you hear all of this. So, so like, so when you're, when you're going through all of this, you're finding like so much positivity throughout, throughout everything, throughout all your treatments, throughout, like just being able to, you know, like meet other people that are in the same situation and their attitudes are completely different from where yours is. What were your thoughts? Like, as you were basically kind of like meeting all these different people that were having going through like the same situations, but at the same time, we're handling it in very different ways. So I've met people who I feel like are way stronger than I am. And then other mm-hmm. people, like you're saying, who just, I don't know. And I will never forget. It's one of the first chapters in my memoir, but it talks about these two ladies I met in the radiation waiting room. Mm-hmm. And they were complaining about how they felt like 
things were just so terrible for them. And they had mentioned that they didn't have their, their cancer was, it's not terminal. Mm-hmm. And they were doing this more of, it was more of a precautionary measure, the radiation, mm-hmm. make sure they got everything after surgery. And then yeah. one of them turned over to me and said, I'm sure it's not really that big of a deal, but what are you in here for? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> and I just said, well, they gave me two years to live <laughs> and I, <laughs> I have stage four cancer. <laughs> oh. but, but it was really interesting, the shift in the conversation from them, because I try to be positive. I mean, mm-hmm. even if we have a day, an hour, a year, 50 years, we yeah. have to enjoy what we have. Otherwise, it's just a waste. Mm-hmm. And I, the conversation just completely changed at that point. And all of a sudden, they were saying how grateful they were for everything. And, and it just hit me. The key yeah. to so much of this is gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, so you're going through this, you're having meeting all these different people. When did the idea spark to actually like put this out in book form? So I started posting just really small, just, just a couple paragraphs and some pictures about what I was going through. And then so many people were responding and I started getting more followers and more interaction. I was really surprised. And so I thought, well, instead of putting this on my blog, maybe I'm just going to put my stories on Facebook. And it's crazy, but since 2020, I have gained, I think, about 13,000 followers on my Facebook page. So now I'm up to 15,000, which is awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so I just thought this is, this is helping someone. And I put an ad on Facebook to try to reach more people who have cancer. And mm-hmm. I thought for $30, <laughs> I'll mm-hmm. try to reach as many people as I can. And all of a sudden, I got all of these friend requests and started making connections with people who have just felt like they're all alone. There's mm-hmm. nobody who understands what it's like, how hard it is to think if you have young children and you're trying to figure out a way to make a lasting impact in case you're not going to be here. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really comforting, I think, for them and for me, just to feel that connection. Yeah. And not only that, but like, this is kind of, this is your wheelhouse. It's writing and publishing. It's a memoir. Like it's something that you have extensive experience with doing. And now it's like you gotta it's it's feeling like you again almost like yeah. feeling like what 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 your passion is and getting it out there and it's i thought it was a, it was a great move to get it to to get the like a full-on memoir started oh. i think that was that was a terrific way to do this and Thank it's basically you. just like just kind of saying like this is my story like i get like i get to live it and this is this will, no matter what, this will go on. And, you know, that's what we all do. Like as writers, we're all looking for, to create something that's going to outlast us, you know, mm-hmm. in every way. And whatever happens, like this is our text that we put out there. It's immortal. It's especially nowadays, things can't go out of print. So, so, so we gotta, we just gotta just get it out there, get it finished and get it out. So, yeah, um, I started. I'm sorry. I yeah. writing blog posts into the future that we'll publish 10 years from now. Oh, nice. Yeah. So the hope is, I mean, I would hope that I'll get better, yeah. but the way things are right now, 
we really just don't know. And in fact, the cancer in my back is getting worse. They're hoping that I do have more time than they originally thought. But Mm -hmm. I figured if I put it 10 years out, then Mm -hmm. hopefully I'll be able to read them too. But if not, my family knows they can go and look each day. And and I'm hoping that I'll have an entire year that they can go do this and still have that connection to me. Yeah. And for me to have the connection with them too. Mm Mm-hmm. So what was the, what what was the reaction when you told your publisher what you intended to do? As far as just writing every day or, or what do you mean? Like when, you know, like when the, when you decided to, you know, like actually make it into a memoir. Oh, so I actually queried a ton of different people to, to get this published and was like, find the perfect publisher. Mm -hmm. And I, I have been friends with the editor of this publishing house for quite a while. And so he told the publisher about me and yeah, it just worked out and they're just phenomenal people. And I've learned a lot from the editor. So it's been an amazing experience and I get so tired because I'm with treatments and everything. And I've had radiation just sporadically throughout this whole thing, but they've been great. If I need to go rest and then they know I would work on it later that day. Right. Right. (laughs) It's been phenomenal. Wow. And so, and you've also been able to not only take these experiences and, and speak with people like one-on-one and being able to write them out as blog posts. And then like as part of the memoir, but you've also done, a lot of entertaining for the masses as well, correct? Yeah. So I've been able to play my violin at the hospital and different places. I made an amazing friend. His name is Leighton Funk. But yeah. um, so he actually has a quadriplegia. And oh, wow. I just, I saw him online and I think it's the same thing that happened with you, George. I'm like, this person looks really amazing. And <laughs> just like Aww. looking at the post and I'm like, I want to be friends with this person. So, so I saw Layton's pictures and I thought this guy is really hilarious. And so I actually have been able, he's let me go visit him a couple of times and he even let me play my violin for him. <laughs> Aww. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, he has the most amazing spirit and attitude. And I mm-hmm. can't tell you how much strength I've found from people like Leighton. Because yeah. here he is, he's paralyzed from the neck down. And mm-hmm. he finds so much hope, joy, and purpose every single day. And I, and same thing, I'm thinking, if this guy can overcome and have so much love in his heart for life, my mm-hmm. gosh... I can still walk. How can I ever feel bad for myself that my life might be cut short or here I have the ability to still go out and do things with my kids. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, so I've been able to play a lot of different places, but that's probably my favorite story of that. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's, that's so, that's so awesome. Now with all of this, like everything that you've been going through, obviously it kind of changes, it, it would change anyone's outlook you know, like on life with everything that you've gone through, like there has been just like a real sense of positivity, sense of gratitude. I've you known experienced this the whole time that I've known you. It's all about, you're always focused on giving back to other people. It's all about like looking out for, for others. And it's been just like a real positive positivity feeling of that you've gone through throughout all, all these years. Has anything how have 
how has this diagnosis and what you've been going through done to, has anything done, done to been done to change anything, any of your outlooks? I mean, there have definitely been some bumps in the road where yeah. it's been hard. Recovering from my back surgery was really tough. They had originally told me that I would feel a lot better within six months and mm-hmm. the pain would be gone, but then it didn't get better after six months and I mm. couldn't eat. I would walk out to check my mail and that's not yeah. a far walk. You think your mailbox is just right there, but just mm-hmm. coming back inside, I would be hurting so bad and so fatigued. And I did have moments where I would just, just rest in bed and think, Oh my gosh, I, I can't even go check my mail. And then you just kind of start feeling bad for yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I would try to focus on what makes me happy. It's being with my yeah. family. It's playing my violin. So maybe mm-hmm. I can't go on a massive hike, but by gosh, I can sit in bed and write a blog post. I can play mm-hmm. my violin. I can write a post to the future to my family or just ask mm-hmm. my kids to sit there and play a board game with me. <laughs> so I think there's always kind of a way to just bring it back and, and get through that. And now I, I started trying to go to the mailbox more times every day. And nice. now I've been able to walk to little places that I've loved, like this little pond by our house and yeah. able to see different things. And, but if I would not have tried so hard, I don't know if I would be able to do that. Yeah. So, so that's, yeah. Like, you know, you're, focus your attitude and everything like the and your outlook has really just been just really amazing the whole time that i've known you like i've never there have been like a couple of times when i can see like you're tired but other than that the the face you've been able to to put out there is really it's really remarkable and very and very inspiring i gotta say as always, because like I said, like I've, we've spoken before in length about like all your different struggles before all of this. And now it's just like, this is, this is the big, this is the big hurdle. This is the big one. And the way you've been tackling it is just been absolutely amazing. So yeah, it's, it has not been, it has not been missed. It has not been ignored or anything like it is people see it loud and clear. And I hope that that will, that will help inspire them to do the same. Yeah, I hope so. so Cause I definitely have had people in my life who have helped me so that I don't get depressed. And I even had, they called me from the hospital last week, just making sure I was okay. And yeah. they don't have, that but they just go the extra mile and it's mm-hmm. amazing how people just call at the right time and know what you need to hear that encouragement and so thank yeah. you for that this is another moment thank you george <laughs> oh my pleasure my pleasure so once the not once the memoir was considered finished and sent over to sent over to the publisher what was their reaction when they got to read the whole thing they they said that they really liked it. Rob Grinstaff is he's the the editor, and mm-hmm. he just he he was really inspired by the words. And then he mm-hmm. wanted to um, 
kind of mix it up just a little bit. So some of this stuff isn't exactly chronological. And mm-hmm. some of my posts were smaller and some of them were longer. And so he is just so masterful at what he does. But he helped combine those so that they were more of chapter forms. And it, oh, he nice. just, yeah, he really polished it and just made it beautiful. What I had always hoped it would be. Because I think I'm too close to this situation because oh, I, yeah. I and to me it's just this is what happens this I, I mean I don't find anything particularly spectacular but then yeah. it's been interesting when other people read it I think because they don't know what it's like to get radiation on their brain or to mm-hmm. deal with the pain from cancer or to know what how people react when they kind of look at you as disabled or mm-hmm. you know so oh, that's yeah. the thing. But but yeah, they he they did an amazing job and it, it was really cool to get their feedback and then see how they really perfected the novel and just made it shine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I am I am really excited to read this and I'm gonna have a link on here so that way people can go ahead and, and get their own copy. So that way so that way hopefully that will that will bring about more sales because it really is just just obviously I haven't read the book yet this uh, we're recording this at the beginning of May but I am really looking forward to having it I'm really looking forward to sitting down and and reading it and I just hope that that your story will grab the attention of so many other people and hopefully change their outlook on things as well Thank you, George. Yeah, I, I hope it will too. I yeah. It's been interesting, even just reading the beginning of the memoir again, it helped me last week because here I'm dealing with the news of the cancer is getting worse in my back and the surgery mm-hmm. again. And then reading what it was like in the beginning and how hard that was and thinking how far I've come. I mean, I was getting an MRI at the very beginning of this and I actually crawled out of the machine during the MRI. And really? Heard, yeah. I heard the text say, oh, we have a runner. (laughs) 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 From that to now some of the MRIs I get are two hours long. Mm -hmm. I've had to bolt my face down in this cage for the brain radiation, for Mm -hmm. the the other kinds of radiation. You're literally in a sack, like up to your rib cage, and they just vacuum seal you in this thing. But if I would have known, I had to go from, (laughs) Running out of the, scooting out of the emergency machine and running out of the- <laughs> <laughs> to all of this, I have definitely grown as a person. <laughs> oh yeah, that that I can definitely say. Yeah, <laughs> wow. So so what what are there? Is there like any sort of tips or anything that you would like to like to provide for for those who? Not so much of like what you're dealing with, but just for like the memoirs themselves. Like, is there, if they have, if they believe that their story is worth getting out there and, and they want to actually like take the time to actually sit down and write it, what do you, what do you think is, is the first thing that they would need in order to move forward from with that? So I think with memoirs specifically, and I've written about things really hard that have happened to me. What I started doing was I would think about something really rough that I had been through and I would write about it. 
And there was something about that. It was like somebody had pried open my rib cage and just could see what made me tick. And it was so honest and so real that it didn't matter if I was a particularly good writer. I mean, it mm-hmm. didn't matter any of that. The fact was I was trying to share my soul with someone else to help someone else if they had gone through it so they could wouldn't feel alone. Right. And so the other thing I did that this sounds really kind of goofy, but when I would get in, in the writing groove, I would put on the same song. And I, I got to the point where I kind of programmed myself that if I ever got, if I ever had writer's block, I would put that song on and all of a sudden I'd be ready to write again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what's that song? So I actually, this is so silly, but I listened to lightning crashes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah too late to apologize Mm -hmm. (laughs) nice so those songs yeah but anyways they really have helped me so that and it's the same type of feel i'll go back and look when i've played these songs i write in the same kind of vein so if i wanted to be write more whimsical things maybe i'll Mm -hmm. listen to classical music and but it's really helped me and i don't know that sounds like a really goofy writing tip, but it's worked for me. <laughs> whatever works, right? You know, like whatever gets it out there. That's what it's all about. Yeah, this is this has this has just been amazing to be able to to catch up with you and talk and be able to talk more about this this upcoming book and and your your own story. And it's great to actually like get caught up with you in the in this way. Where can where can my listeners find you on social media? So they can find me, my Facebook page is E.C. Stilson. Mm-hmm. And then my my blog is just ecwrites.net. ecwrites.net, yep. Yep, yep. The oh, book is on man. So <laughs> What's that? The book is what? Is on Amazon. There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just wanted to make sure that, uh, that everyone knew that. So that way they can go over to the show notes. They'll be able to click on that Amazon link and they can go ahead and get their copy. I like it's obviously I would love to have caught up with Elisa under different circumstances. She is tackling this with the same amount of grace and the same amount of gratitude, the same amount of positivity that, that has, that has sustained her for, for all these years. She is someone who, not just as a writer, but as a friend, like somebody that you just want to be around because you just know that their positive outlook is going to rub off on you. There are, there are people that are, that are incredibly jaded that will meet her and that will all of a sudden give them the spark to hopefully turn their life around and turn their outlook around. And it's someone that I particularly feel very blessed to have in my life as a friend. And I, I really hope that all of you get to get their copies of, of Elise's books, not just two more years, but her other books as well. And, and really get to know her as a person. I am grateful that her words will live forever. And I am, I'm really looking forward to the next steps on this journey with her. And I really, I really hope that obviously I'm hoping and praying that it becomes a much more positive, a positive turn. So for EC Stilson, this is George Soroy saying to all of you ever upward, and I will see you next week. 
Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Excelsior Journeys. I hope it was both inspiring and entertaining. Special thanks to Zach Comtois for providing new music for the intro and outro. Please take a moment to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe to your platform of choice by going to he'sgotit.com slash podcasts. While there, you can also fill out the application to be a guest, inquire about sponsorship opportunities, and click on the Buy Me a Coffee link if you wish to give your support to the show. All interaction is very much appreciated. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion for the show, please direct it to george at he'sgotit.com.